Imagine this scenario. You meet someone at a party and you strike up conversation. The person tells you a funny story. You ask several questions during that story. As you part ways, you realize the person didn't ask any questions about you. You wonder who made a better impression. What's up, listeners? And welcome to Squeezing the Orange of Social Science, a podcast co-hosted by myself, comedian Akin Omobitan, and Professor Dan Cable. In each episode, the two of us pick apart, peer-reviewed, and publish social science papers, squeezing out the best bits so that you, the listener, don't have to leaf through pages and pages of academic research. What's up, Dan? Hey, Akin, I got a question for you. Go for it. How do you feel about questions? How do I? I love questions. I love being asked questions. I love answering questions. And as much as I'm an extrovert, I actually really enjoy asking them as well. That's right. That's what this study is all about today. We're going to take a look at a study of whether asking questions is a good thing when it comes to causing people to like you, essentially. Yeah. And... I think that this, like many of the studies we've tackled, have some counterintuitive bits. People themselves don't quite understand how powerful it can be to ask questions. And even as a third-party listener, we sometimes maybe give more credit to the answerer than the asker. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, so yeah, let's. Uh, I guess we should intro the... Uh, so the title of this uh, paper is It Doesn't Hurt to Ask. Question asking encourages self-disclosure and increases liking. And the gang that put this together, the Motley crew, is Karen Huang, Mike Yomas, Alison Wood-Brooks, who's featured previously. Mm-hmm. Alison is keeping busy, um, <laughs> as well as Julia Minson and Francesca Gino. Do you recall which publication this was in? Because I know you like to shout out the publication. I do. It's the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, and I know a lot of the listeners care. <laughs> I think that it means a lot. Most of them probably have already had that set next to the bed, waiting to read it. And all this does is it allows them to remove it and throw it in the bin. Well, I imagine part of the joy for our listeners is that not only do they have these journals, but they've already read through them. So now they're like, oh, let's see. I remember that one, they're saying. (laughs) Well, well, so let, yeah, so let's get into, let's, I guess let's get into to the meat of yeah. this one then. So what what was some of your, I guess what stood out for you overall with this with this paper then? What I, what I really thought was um, unique about it is it's such a basic question. A lot of times for me when I'm reading these social science articles and the management psychology articles, a lot of times they're ideas that feel a bit derivative because the core issue has already been chewed away at for decades. This one, it struck me because it's such a basic phenomenon. It's, it's human beings interact. One of the basic reasons why we interact is to share information and to do a little impression management. Yeah. And I think that it's so interesting that there aren't many studies on the effects of asking questions. And, you know, it's funny – After I read the logic, I would say the theory, as it were, it almost seemed obvious it would help. But I think that most people don't go through life thinking, if I can just ask more questions, people will like me more. At least lots of people I interact with don't seem to do it that way. Yeah, I think the way that people do it, and this is why the science is fantastic and the findings are so counterintuitive, because the way that people do it is they believe that in order for me to get people to like me, I need to, I guess, sell myself. That's it. I need to validate myself. I need to tell them what I've done, who I am, what I've accomplished. Basically, just blah, blah, blah. Exactly. When what people actually appreciate is when you just ask a question 
about them. It's so powerful. And I think we're going to go through four different studies that they conducted here. But I think what's so powerful in this whole phenomenon that they're unpacking is that it's not just the asking of the question. It's that the question promotes the other person to disclose information about themselves. And there's a whole science on how that feels good and actually lights up bits of the brain that have reward mechanisms. This validated a lot of my personality, actually. <laughs> like, because I guess, like, I've been in social situations where if we take the question asking aside, I really love to divulge information. Like, I really love to, like, I love, basically, I love hearing the sound of my own voice. Like, <laughs> that's why we have a podcast. <laughs> I'm just going to be straight. I love hearing the sound of my own voice. And I've always felt a bit, I guess, guilty about that. Whereas the science suggests that it's not just me. This is a general, people love to self-disclose. I think that's right. But I guess maybe it's the way that people do it where there's sometimes issues. But I felt a lot more comfortable about myself. If you love to hear your voice asking questions, you've got it made. That's what I've learned from this study. (laughs) I mean, if it's humble bragging or if it's just plain old bragging, it seems to turn people off, and that's what's a little counterintuitive. Maybe maybe this is also partly why people love Louis Theroux, because he produces documentaries where he, his enjoyment is finding out about other cultures and subcultures. And I think people really love him in terms of viewers, because here's someone who is going to put all of this work, and to quite an extent, put quite a lot of himself aside. I don't really know that much about Louis Theroux, but I love him because of his approach, his non-judgmental That's right. question-asking approach. Just staying in it. He stays in the moment when it gets really uncomfortable. He yeah. just keeps asking questions, keeps pushing the issues forward by not closing it off. Totally. Yeah, that's really fun. Um, one of the things that they base their logic on before we start getting in the actual, you know, the numbers and the science and the studies is this notion of attribution theory, which is, to me, very interesting – you ask somebody a question, gives them a chance to hear the sound of their own voice. That makes them feel good. The reward systems go off in the brain. Now, their brain is looking, according to this theory called attribution theory, their brain is looking for the source of that good feeling, and it attributes it, it attributes it to you, the question asker. I found that to be really interesting. I found that fascinating, <laughs> and when I read that section, it kind of – what it flipped is that phrase, don't shoot the messenger – it's like, yo, man, because pe- like, if you deliver a bad message to someone, they then ascribe a negative association to you. And it's like, no, I'm just like delivering the message. So similar to like, if you baked a cake, Dan, for some reason, all of my examples are either about food or dating. It really does say a lot about me. Uh, <laughs> but if you bake a cake, Dan, and then you say, oh, Akin, could you give this cake to Stuart, the sound guy? And I'm like, that's no problem. And I go up to Stuart and I'm like, yo, Stuart, Dan baked you a cake. Here you go. Stuart's likely to attribute quite a lot of warm feelings towards yeah. me. Yeah. Even though you're the yeah. one who may have put the work in, I might still get quite a lot of good feelings, even though I've just given him the cake. That's right. And the cake in this case are the questions. <laughs> yeah, the cake. Yeah, yeah. For listeners. <laughs> if, we just, if we just get back <laughs> to the science... 
There is no cake. Am I am I being a little bit too detail oriented right now? It's pulling us back away from cake. I need cakes. to be reined in. <laughs> well, I think that we jump into at least one or two of these studies just to start to unpack it. Totally. And I think that we can probably, they did a pilot study and I like that just because they got about 135 people in a lab and basically for $15 just got them to kind of interact. And what they were able to learn through that is that the average 15 minute interaction had an average of 6.7 questions in it. And then what that allowed them to do is say, okay, then that's a normal you know, conversational habit. So we're going to go for the high end being nine questions. Like the high end of uh, a 15 minute interaction is nine and a low end is four. Yeah. And I have to say that from a science perspective, that's kind of cool that they grounded it in real interactions. I found it really cool. Uh, my, my only criticisms of that was that they did it through like a messenger app. So it wasn't people talking face to face, which is how most people do meet for the first time is face to face. And I imagine that this was partly for their convenience, because once you have the data written down, you can now analyze it easier. Whereas if you're going to have this number, so we had like 67 conversations, you would then need an experimenter to sit in on each of those and then log all of this information so I can see why they took that approach. But I do remember seeing these numbers and just thinking, oh, that seemed like a low number of questions. But then I was then thinking about the way in which these individuals were interacting. And also 15 bucks? Sign me up. Not bad. That is a tasty bit of cash, yeah. It sounds fun. Yeah, on my way to chance to be better. (laughs) Well, get this though. Um... In the pilot and then the four primary studies, only one of them was face-to-face interactions. So that's actually worth putting out there. Yes. At a high level now, what we've got out there is that asking questions works, makes people like you more, at least in terms of text analysis. And they use this like almost like a messenger app. That's what Akin was talking about. But then in the last study, they got a bunch of data from actual speed dating. Yeah. And then they were able to replicate, confirm that. So I, I felt pretty good that at least they took that last step. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Because each study that they do, which is marvelous about their approach here, is each one builds on the one before it. Yeah. So you get more and more of a fuller picture the more you go through this article and then the the findings earlier on, they have a lot more weight yep. because now yep. you can attach it to That's something it. that is in the real world. Right. And I, I really loved, this one was so, it was such a pleasure. I don't know, because there's like five of them on the team. I don't know yep. who did the bulk of the writing, but whoever that was, this stuff reads like, it's just charming to read. Should it we was, ask them, how did you learn to write so well? <laughs> yeah, I'm really thinking we, questions a lot these days. <laughs> there was also like, because with the, the first study as well, um, one of the things which I also found would limit the number of questions that were asked. So one of the things that participants were told to do was to pay attention during the chat because that they would later have to complete several questionnaires about their partner after finishing. And I guess my additional critique to that is when I'm then told to now pay attention to everything that I'm asking, I'm going to ask fewer questions because then I feel like that's like less information yeah, yeah. to hold it's in like my head. It's like cognitive load. That's like yeah. you're putting this load into your brain and that might create a um, a desire to ask fewer questions. Yes. That's what you're saying. Yeah. And this is it. just me being yeah. super critical yeah. of certain things that I noticed in it. Yeah. So one of them was the chat feature and then the other one was when it did come to the actual study one, just knowing myself, being told I have to pay attention, yeah. 
it's going to slow me down a Did bit. Did you see some people got paid as much as $25 for that interaction? I think those were the, because there was like, I think it was the people who had, had that study and then they stuck around for something. I think that that's, that's right. The people making not the, bad this, money. This is why, this is why I was like, I can't remember which study it was. There was somewhere, pe- the Facebook one, yeah. when people were doing yeah. stuff for like 30 cents yeah. and I'm like, Yo, man, like, this ain't worth your time, and surely. And did you see later on in study three, they only got 50p or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> Those people are just, it's just not fair, frankly. Okay, so let's go with, in study one, they got a nice big set of people where half of those people were told that you're going to have this interaction with somebody else and you need to ask at least nine questions during that interaction. And other people were told uh, that the most you can ask is four questions. And what that does by having random assignment to condition and by, quote, manipulating that, it becomes a variable where you can see which people were liked more by their interaction partners. And I liked that part, even though it was, quote, just text, unquote. That is to say, this wasn't a face-to-face interaction. You're not actually meeting them in a party in this case. It is the case that you're assigning a person to a condition where they have to say the questions and you've never met them before. Yeah, and if I can shout out the method here as well, even though I did criticize it, one of the big benefits of doing it through a chat system is your your liking of someone now isn't based on how attractive they are or their body language. It cleans all it's, that yeah, up. Yeah, it cleans all of that out That's because right. honestly, like <laughs> if I'm sat in a room and then opposite me, there's this gorgeous gazelle, she can pretty much, there's a lot that she can say where I'm like, she's getting a 10. She's getting a, she's getting that, a 10. Was that a slip when you said gazelle? Gazelle? Yeah. Well, gazelle was actually based on a uh, a previous conversation we had off mic, which... See, uh, see. Fine, fine, I'm with you. And then the items that they use to rate this other, um, this partner is uh, things like, I liked my partner, or I would enjoy spending time with my partner. Uh, it's this sort of straight up questions about after that 15 minutes, how did you respond to that person? And what they found is that there was a statistically, statistically significant relationship, meaning that the more questions that were asked, the more the partners liked them. It wasn't in my mind a substantial amount. I had, I was going to ask you because I, I, I saw that as well. And so like the mean was, uh, like 5.79. So let's say 5.8. What was this out of? Was this out of seven? It was a seven point scale. Yeah, seven point scale. And so if you ask loads of questions, you were at, um, a five point, let's see, 5.76. And I think that if you were a low question asker, it was 5.31. Is that worth it? (laughs) (laughs) It's such such a real question. I love the question. And when you say worth it, what I'm implying is, because as much as they're talking, that's less time for you to hear the sound of your own voice. Because they're having a great time. They're having the time of their life. They're telling stories. They're sharing opinions. Like they're making themselves feel great, like the science suggests. But for that difference, yeah. so does that seem worth it to you? That's such a good question. Um, one thing that I noticed, unless I missed it, is in the dating study, they didn't talk explicitly about how much more likely you were to get the date. Yes. It's statistically significant, but again, it makes you wonder like, okay, so is it 2%? Is it 4%? Listen, it all matters. Say you're going for a job. And it's down to 10 finalists. And you can eke out a 3% advantage just by asking a question. I'd say that is worth it. That is, no, see, when you put it like that, 
Because when you do find yourself in social situations, so when it is, you know, like looking for a job, looking for a partner, even if you're at a house party, like even like for myself, someone who's super social, if I go to a house party, what I'll likely do is a lot of mingling. And then based on that mingling, I'm like, who do I want to kind of like stick around? Yeah, who do I want to settle in on? And sometimes it's very little margins that make a big difference between getting that you got the job or you weren't successful on this occasion. It's small margins between like, because sometimes it's not that someone doesn't want to see you again. What's likely happened if they've just met someone else mm-hmm. who they'd like to see that little yes. bit more. That's right. A little extra spice. Yeah. A little bit of warmth. That, that person who asked maybe one or two more questions. How about that? Maybe it's worth it. See, I think we just brought you around. <laughs> you did. You did. I'm sold. <laughs> Anything else we want to really say about this one? I found there to be something really interesting where, if we're talking about study one, they also asked people loads of questions about hobbies and interests. Did you get this part? So, like, they they kind of, like, asked them questions like, is your partner more likely to read, watch TV, go to a party, see live music? And then they had both parties answer that. And then what they found is those who asked more questions were significantly more accurate than participants that received no question-asking instructions which is another benefit for question askers because you now become a better informed individual yep and you know what's funny again i want to say it that kind of sounds like common sense now that we're this far in it's i think that the the thing that's not intuitive to people and even on here they actually ask them those who ask more questions they did not think they'd be liked more statistically significant because they actually ask the people how much do you think that other person likes you the the persons the people that asked nine questions did not think they'd be better liked than the people that asked uh three or four so there's something counterintuitive about it massively or maybe it's annoying to ask questions and so we don't like to do it as our default they had some theories in here as to why people refrain from asking as many questions as they might to. And there were similar things that they listed. One of the things that I found quite interesting was that one of the things that prevents people from asking more questions is that they're concerned that they might ask the wrong question or possibly offend someone. Um, And I I recently wrote some comedy about when people ask you where you're from from, Mm. and then people from, uh, I guess, minority groups there's a, a consensus that people take offense to that question. I've never taken oh, offense to it because I just see it as someone now, especially if I'm like proud of my my background, my heritage, where I'm from, my past. I see it as someone giving me an opportunity to to celebrate that. Whereas some people see it as they're being kind of reduced yes. to one of the like to a mm. to one part of their character. So some people might not be fully asking questions because they're just a bit like, well, if I ask this. Like, am I going to offend someone? It's Have you like, ever seen that show called Young Offenders? No. Oh, it's pretty funny. But at one point... It um, does not sound funny at all. Oh, it is, though. <laughs> You've got to give it some time. But he asks, he asks uh, a woman, uh, so are you adopted? And she goes, what makes you think I'm adopted? She, she's black and the, the her, her parents and her sister are white in this case. Seems a fair question. Yeah, then. and she goes, what makes you think I'm adopted? And then he got really tense about asking the question. And he goes, you just seem like the kind of person that might be adopted <laughs> oh no <laughs> that's the kind of show it is tune in that, i would enjoy that i would enjoy uh, watching so i think that that idea that. about if you ask the wrong question you've put your foot in it 
might dissuade us on average and keep it up a level of analysis. You know, just talking about the weather, you know, talking about things that are quite safe. What do you so, do for a living? Exactly, which is a question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So anything else we want to say about this? And I think that that is the nuts and the bolts of this one. I don't think, you know, in a sense, it wasn't sort of the best study. But what I love is it kind of gets, uh, gets us into the water. Because now that we've got that methodology out there, we sort of, as you say, we jump to number two and we add in a little bit of extra yeah. zest. They got really creative as well as they were like adding the layers to it. It was a bit like, ooh, how can we make this a bit tastier, a bit spicier? And and they went on to do that. So yeah, let's chat about uh, study two. So what I got out of study two is that for both the people that were thrown together for this conversation, they manipulated whether you would ask lots of questions or a little bit of questions. So... I mean, on the one hand, I was a little confused by this. Everybody only gets 15 minutes. Yes. This means that in one of the conditions, you have both people that have to ask at least nine questions. Yes. That's going to be a busy 15 minutes. Totally. I mean, your Some hands are going to be... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and that also means, by the way, there's going to be one where you're only allowed to ask for. Yes. Both of you can only ask four questions. So that's going to be kind of like a plotting, somewhat boring discussion, maybe. Oh, especially if the person on the receiving end is not divulging a lot of information so i've had this situation before when you've when like meeting someone for the first time and you know you go through like you know hey blah 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 but you're like oh so like you know not even if not even if it's someone you've met for the first time actually if it's someone you know you're like hey how's it going they're like yeah i'm cool thanks it's like uh, what have you been up to lately not much um what have you got coming up yeah not too much and then you ask like a third and then everything is just it's just these closed responses and then you're just a bit like not only are they not asking me anything, I'm also not really gaining any valuable information. And so in study two, we can think of it as like a two by two matrix. So in the bottom corner, you have uh, people asking few questions. So someone who asks a few questions matched with someone who asks a few questions. But then on two scales, you also have someone asking a lot and someone asking a few, and you have two of those sections. But then you also have a group where it's two people asking each other loads of questions. That's right. Busy little bees buzzing about. And I think that uh, if we just sort of mentioned there's on this one, they moved to this MTurk platform, this Amazon Turk platform where you uh, people just sign up to do studies basically and get little bits of money. Like that's the thing that they got so much less money on this one. And they ended up with about, um, 338 people or 169 dyads for this one. And again, I mean, if we just kind of jump to the K, the, the chase, it wasn't massive differences in my mind. I, I, I think that for the purposes of saying Eureka, what you'd love it to be is like, when you ask few questions, you're scored like a three. And when yeah. you ask lots of questions, you're scored like a six. Something like that. And then you're yeah. like, oh my God. And such. In this case, it's more like there is a strong, reliable mm, trend. Yes. But that trend isn't jaw-dropping. Yeah, that's that's where I am. So in this one, uh, to be specific, it's 5.79 versus 6.02. So it does kind of top you over that six mark. Yep. But, you know, on a seven-point scale, that's about 0.2, difference on that scale. And that what might account for that is you're still being asked questions. So, like, even though it may not be loads. Yes, Someone's still taking an interest in you and allowing you to self-disclose. So maybe that's Mm. why the margins, but like we we said previously, though, those margins, depending on the circumstance, that can make a big difference. 
And then they have a thing here that said participants that were assigned to ask many questions did not think they'd be liked anymore than those that asked few questions. That's just replicating that same thing, which I think underpins the counterintuitive nature of it. Yes. We're not able, even though we just did it, even though we just asked nine questions and presumably had a really nice interaction, we're still not clocking that that means they like me more. Yes. Kind of interesting. All right, what about study three? What'd they do in here that you that you liked or didn't like? So to my understanding, study number three was when, is this the one where they, this is like the third party. So let's say you're at a, let's say you are at a house party. Um, it's like 1 a.m., the music's loud. You've kind of like, you found a group of people to mingle with. That's kind of died down a bit. So now you're a bit like, let me see what's going on over there. And you now join a conversation. So now study three is looking, if you're the third party now, what does it say about how much you're going to like the individuals based on how much they are asking questions? That's right. And that is clever. There's a couple of really clever things they did. And I wanted to actually mention one if we could jump up to study two just briefly again. Go for it. They did this thing where they counted the number of words and stuff. And I just thought that that was a really nice use of data where what they were able to show is that if you look at the word count, that kind of mediated the effect. Or another way to say it is that the effect of asking a lot of questions was driven by them responding with more words. And that actually leads into study three in some ways because as the watcher or the viewer of that conversation, what you're seeing maybe is less that they ask the question and more all these words that the response takes up. Yes. And I think I think that's there's something interesting in that, that um, – that for this to work, it has to be something that lives inside of you, the person that's been asked the question. It's not something that kind of lives out in the world is like these observers aren't going to be like, oh, what an awesome question that he just asked. What a curious <laughs> individual. <laughs> He's putting someone else's yes. needs before his own. It, don't seem to, it, it doesn't seem to work that way. Although if it had worked that way, I wouldn't have been surprised. It somehow doesn't work that way, though. Instead, what it seems to be like, well, they certainly have a lot to say about themselves. How interesting. I like them. (laughs) Well, that's that's the thing that was really interesting is that if you you are the third party in a conversation, the question now becomes, what am I benefiting from the conversation that I'm listening to? And I guess in terms of how we connect as humans, part of it is we're attracted to people who disclose stuff about themselves because they're now giving us information that is valuable to us. Mm. So as a third party, we can look at that situation and then possibly come to the conclusion that the person who's answering more of the questions is more likable, but that's possibly because they're they're presenting themselves, but not necessarily to us, which is, it it bends my brain. I like because if you're doing it one to one, yeah you don't really want someone to just avalanche you yeah so can i say maybe if we're gonna do another study if we were gonna do like study five or something like that maybe there'd be one where the barrage just happened the way you said it and then you could show it flips that it's not (laughs) it's really funny it's like the question asker is like doing a perfect serve in tennis like you know you pitch the ball up to just the right height and then the person can slam it down yeah but it's a it's like an unsung role they're like an unsung hero because it's like the assist it is totally like it's the like assist. the sports assist like everyone when you when you talk about like because they'll do what they'll likely do especially with like football they'll do like um i know match of the day they do uh, a goal of the month competition <laughs> and it's like who scored the best goal yeah. this month and they'll show that what they believe to be 10 of the best but 
for each of those goals, there was another dude who'd been running off his legs off and was like setting up all of those. Yeah. Just like setting it up. That's what the askers are being here. Yeah. So there's actually something really compelling about that that I hadn't really given the thought to before. But it means that as we watch other interactions, what we're really valuing is the dyad, but we're discounting the asker in that dyad. And we're sort of overweighting the teller in that dyad. But if you don't have the question asker, then the thing feels like they're just blabbing and like self you know kind of selling it's like it's like i enter a room and the party's buzzing like people have been doing shots someone spiked the punch bowl (laughs) for some reason there's a dude in the corner with his top off everyone's having the best time the dj is spinning some tunes akin walks into the room presses stop on the music and just goes into a monologue no one wants to hear Nobody that. Like, that. no one wants to. Yeah, no one even wants to. Even I be, don't want that. You don't even. And I like hearing the sound of your voice, too. <laughs> <laughs> I might go over and talk to the guy without the shirt on. Yeah, I'm going to stories. I'm going to be curious. Why, is he, why do you not have a shirt on? <laughs> Perfect. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, oh, so yeah, I guess um, with study free, because we were kind of tipping towards the, the half an hour mark. I'd feel guilty if we didn't talk about dating The best one in some ways. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, again, giving the whole publication credit here. The idea of having four studies that really peel back what's happening, that's great science. But the idea of ending it with an actual speed dating situation where people genuinely did ask each other on dates and went on the dates. And the idea, very clever, that they used data from previous investigations so they didn't have to kind of like create a setting in the lab. Yeah. They actually took externally valid data and looked at it. Yeah. And I thought that was really clever, very interesting. I loved how it was face-to-face and it was 110 pairs, you know, men yep. and women. So, you know, really one interesting. Of the line, yeah, because one of the lines that did stick out for me in the method is, which they wrote, which I found a great deal of value in study four, was where it says, if both people in a pair wanted a second date, the experimenters provided them with one another's contact information. So that's a very different scenario from just, I'm just going to like, you know, have some fun for like, I don't know, 15 minutes and then I get $15. Whereas this is like people who are looking for life, like you're looking for a life partner, like a life mate. Like people are trying to get laid yeah. at the end of this. Like it matters. Like it really matters. Literally life yeah, and death. Yeah, it's literally a matter. <laughs> so it's like, this wasn't just like, let's create some circumstances. Yeah, that's right. That's it's right. just so that we can, there was a great deal of value in it for the people involved. Yes. They were in, this yes. wasn't like a, this for them, this wasn't behavioral science. That's right. For them, this was yes. genuine speed dating. Absolutely. And I think the experimenters crashed a speed dating session as opposed to, to creating right. one. Yeah. Isn't that exciting? Very. It's called X. I haven't done that. Ooh. Have you ever tried speed dating? Have I tried? I've, well, I've I mean, been, you'd be good at I've that. I've done like speed rejections <laughs> where I'm just in a regular so bar. So you're good at that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I'm, I'm all over that. Like I have put people in situations that they did not realize was a speed date. That I have done plenty of times. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that jumped out and it's very consistent that is the guys wanted second dates a lot more than the, yeah. the women did in, in 57% of the time the guys are like could I have a second date that went quite well in only 37% of the time are the women like yes I would like another date so it's kind of funny that um, I guess 
you know, you're found out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, because like, I guess like I, there's a lot that could be inferred by those. Like you could say by that, uh, women are more choosy than men are. Um, there's a, there's a lot that you could kind of assume here. But I guess that would be another discussion. But I really found those numbers very yeah. interesting, yeah. Yeah. especially as being a man who has little to no standards. Uh, so <laughs> I would definitely be in that 56% of men who were like, yeah, 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 let's hang out again. And maybe you didn't ask me any questions, but maybe next time you will. I got that on these average dates, each person asked about 11 questions. And that was really and, interesting because this me. was in a short time it's, period, right? It, oh, um, you know, I don't know how long the dates. No, this was like yes. four minutes. Okay, so this is okay. why with study one and two, mm. I was a bit like, mm. that seems like a low number yeah. of questions. Yeah, because now they have four minutes, yeah. and they were asking On a lot average, more questions. Eleven average. questions. Yeah. yeah, and I also love this idea. I think we have oh, maybe we get toward close here. I love the idea that there seemed to be openers. That is, it seemed to be people that had a stable trait of asking more questions. So it didn't matter who the interaction partner was. They just asked loads of questions. And I said, maybe that would be you. That would be maybe one of your traits. No, I don't, I don't have openers. But I think, because I guess we are closing now as well. And I think what's important as well is that, and it, this isn't necessarily from the study. So this is just anecdotal. And from my experience, it's not necessarily how many questions you ask. It's also got to do with the quality of the question. And also, because like you can't really just say, I want to get another date, so I'm going to draft 20 questions and I'm just going to ask someone 20. What you really want to be doing is building the conversation. So if your first question, mm. if you know, if you end up like on a tangent about someone on holiday or they talk about their career or they talk about fitness or whatnot, you want to be asking questions that shows that I'm listening to what you're saying and I'm interested enough to ask further. So it's like exploration questions. Right. If you're too set in your questions, right. I believe that that can feel a bit kind of, I yeah. don't know, rehearsed. Absolutely. Or, yeah. uh, scripted. Scripted, yeah. You know, it's almost like a, like a work in the call center where you've got your little menu of... Oh, they are so frustrating. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> okay, well, we can't go there. We oh, can't go yeah, there. yeah, let's not go But that, I think yeah. you just did a nice <laughs> indirect criticism of this, which I really like because all studies have problems. Maybe one of the problems with this particular study is that they didn't do any coding for whether or not it was building on the last one, whether it was generative questioning. In this case, it literally was, was there a question mark? Um, and so that's a pretty interesting fruitful area for future research but i just wanted to say that overall just looking at the plots and the graphs the trend is clear that people who ask more questions got more dates and that question asking was equally successful for men and women even though the percentage yeah. is asking for the dates it worked equally well for both um sexes so. yeah and also as well just because someone doesn't want to go on a second date with you doesn't mean that you didn't leave a good impression they might still like you oh. But it's just like, uh, I don't really I have need limited to time. drink, like, May eat frozen yogurt with this person. Like, Maybe if you were 0.3 higher on a likability mm, scale, then we're talking date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I have no more sort of parting wisdom on this one. I really enjoyed the study, and I felt like it was easy to read, fun to read, and it kept building on itself. Totally. And it was just really practical. As I was reading it, I'm like, here is stuff that I can apply to my life it didn't feel like science for science sake that's right it felt like science for i guess change for the people for the people yeah yeah this feels like it was done for the people that's why we wanted to squeeze this orange for you 
Awesome. Thank you very much once again, listeners, for tuning in. Dan and I are loving the feedback that we're getting. Uh, you guys must be sharing it as well because the listenership is like, is going up and up with like each edition as well. So yes, please do, um, share it via whatever, I don't know, social media things. Tell your nan about it. Tell your mum about it. Tell your kids about it. Um, who, who was it that, um, I don't know if we discussed this on a previous one. Someone assigned it to their class. There was a lecture. Oh, absolutely. James yeah. Pennebaker. Did. Yeah. Yeah. Assigned it yep. to the, which was like really fantastic to like hear as well that was like yeah it felt like we were like adding to that's why i brought up the thing about sort of touching the youth (laughs) touching the future i think we should go now we really gotta get out of here bye bye (laughs) bye